Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NFL. Goff up under center, single back is Reynolds. Goff takes, turns, fakes the give, rolls right, throws, caught. Kabinda, end zone, touchdown, Detroit Lions. Sprinkle's going to line up on the left next to McEwen. McGovern's going to line up on the right. Second and goal at the one. McEwen motion, or Schultz motion right. Another tight end motion, play fake. Prescott looks right, looks left, throws it in the end zone, caught. Touchdown to Dalton Schultz. Huntley with a snap from the gun. Steps up. Now he'll run. He's for five, one, touchdown, Tyler Huntley. He's done it again. Snap to Huntley, rolls right, throws right side of the end zone, and it's incomplete, incomplete. Right corner of the end zone in front of the pylon, and incomplete. The Packers are going to hang on and win this game. The Saints win it. Nine, nothing. Three field goals. The Saints are seven and seven. Highlights from a busy weekend in the NFL, and it's not done yet. The week continues with two games today and two games tomorrow, but there are some thrillers in there. Heard the highlights from the Packers and Ravens. Tyler Huntley throws for two touchdowns, runs for two more touchdowns, but the Ravens go for two in the win. And PK, analytics, yada, yada, blah, blah. They're now two of seven on two-point conversions. Three weeks in a row, they've missed a fourth-quarter two-point conversion and lost. Well, this is then they're due. Analytics say the next time this should be really be good, huh? That had to be what they were thinking going forward this time. <laughs> They'll be even more due next time. Well, th- there's no guarantee if they kick the extra point that they win in overtime. I mean, you you gave Aaron Rodgers 42 seconds too, and so that guy, you know, he's as good as there is. Obviously, as we've seen many many times over, I don't have a problem. You're trying to win the game, and I'm not trying to do the Herm Edwards thing here, but. The thing that I didn't like is when you roll out like that and you send, in this case, the tight end to the corner, you just boxed yourself in. You took the entire field, what's it, 40, 45 yards wide, and then you narrowed it down to about 10 yards, 5 yards. And as he's rolling to his right, I just didn't like the play. Although I love Tyler Huntley. I've always been a huge fan. That young fella is making himself some money as we speak. Absolutely. That was a very impressive performance. It was a nice first half, and when they got down 31-17, you think, well, they can roll over. Fourth quarter, winning time, two touchdown drives. That was good stuff. Big time. And that touchdown run that he ran, the thing that I love about it is he had looked at least twice. You know, his big criticism early on before Ludwig got there at the U was that he was so prone to run at the you know slightest uh, right. hint of pressure. But keep the eyes off. off. Yeah. Right. And he looked at least twice and then saw it wasn't there and then scoots around the left end. So absolutely brilliant performance, even in the loss. The reality is, as far as him being an NFL quarterback, they didn't need to win that game because he'd already done enough, especially since he's just a young kid and barely getting started. So now the NFC race, the Packers had the number one seed based on tiebreaker, but they're now a game clear of everybody because the Bucks got shut out 
Nine nothing by the Saints and the Cardinals. And what I thought was, a, I mean, there was a lot of interesting stuff that happened. But just the shocker of the day, the Lions. The Lions. And they didn't just beat Arizona. They blew them out. You've been expressing your doubts about, hey, they are what their record says they are. But I can't believe this is their record. You're not alone. And you're not alone now and going, well, three and four in the last seven back-to-back losses. You guys are coming back to earth. Yeah, I mean, it's a long season. You're going to eventually end up being who you are, that's for sure. I think that Murray clearly misses Hopkins because he was his ultimate safety blanket, throwing mm-hmm. the ball, went in doubt, and now he's done for the season, and they're saying they would need an extended playoff for him to get in. Doesn't look like they're going to have an extended playoff. But, yeah, that was a shock. I was watching that on my uh, NFL ticket thing, and it was bitterly disappointed for my sister and uh, all the Cardinal fans in the Valley. And, and let's just say, see, I'm not a huge Cardinal fan. I am not going to be listening to Hatchet Station today. <laughs> to dissect that, that thing a thousand times over. When I go to the gym, give yourself the day off. Else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're just going to go. I mean, as they should. It's the number one story down there. I would prefer that they talk a little bit more Suns. We'll get to that in a second. And they never really talk ASU. And as I was watching the Saints, speaking of ASU, they got a kid uh, plays on the defensive line. You know what his name is? You guys, are, yeah. I guess you remember his name. You know who I'm talking about? He was pretty good. They interviewed him after the game. Uh, is it uh, Cameron Jordan? Yeah, Cameron Jordan. He's a stud, right, for the Saints. Yeah, he went to Chandler High, and he went to Cal. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <Will they? laughs> keep him home, devils. Can they keep just one guy, like, every three years, maybe? No. He went to Cal, of all places. At least go to some football power, but he goes to Cal. And he's a, he's a stud, and the Saints defense did, did what they had to do, for sure. Cowboys forced four turnovers, three of them picks. They beat the Giants 21-6, total ho-hum, but now 10-4, and and the two-seed in the NFC with three weeks to go. So things looking up for Dallas. I wouldn't right say it's a total ho-hum. In the season in which we're in, I'd say it's a total ho-ho-ho. There it is. Thank you very much, PK. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Saturday, the Colts ended the Patriots' win streak. A a 67-yard touchdown run by Jonathan Taylor when it looked like the Colts might blow a 20-point lead in the fourth quarter. Would have been the ultimate get-off-the-hook game there by the Patriots as they came back, but didn't happen. Colts hold on and beat New England. So Kansas City, after a horrible start, it's a long season, yada, yada. They've got the best record in the AFC because the Titans got beat by the Steelers 19-13. It's a game of inches, PK, and Pittsburgh gets a fourth down stop by half a yard up 19-13. The Titans at the 10-yard line, maybe going in for the winning TD and extra point. Game of inches. I think sports are a game of inches. I mean, just about any any sport uh, you can go. I I don't know what sport isn't a a game of inches there. I mean, it's just sometimes it's just a razor-thin margin. And uh, the Patriots still having a fine season. 49ers have come back and won six out of eight, and I don't know, Yak, you love the Niners, don't you? You left so them off. I. You left them off the list. You don't want to jinx yourself. Did I put them on there? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I enjoyed the win. Six of eight. I, uh, I overlooked it's, it. It's a long season, and you got a chance to dig out of a hole. And the Niners did that because they were they were really struggling there. Could they be, were two and four, and it wasn't looking good. Could be them and the Saints for the final wild card spot they, here. They dominated Atlanta, 31-13. Come on, your uncle had season tickets. They drove down from Reno. Yeah. We can't forget the Niners. <laughs> we didn't. Yacht did, but we didn't. I know. That's what I'm saying. We just cannot allow it. Rams and Niners now uh, in the wild card spots, although the Rams could still win that division. They've got uh, 
They're just half game behind the Cardinals that playing tomorrow. They got a chance to time at 10 and 4. So, so that plays out down the stretch as the Cardinals fade. Doubleheader today, Raiders and Browns, 3 o'clock on the NFL Network. Vikings and Bears, 6.15 on ESPN. And I assume we'll be splitting our signal today and have the Raider game for you this afternoon. But I'm not used to Monday afternoon football, so. I have not heard anything (laughs) on that, so I don't know. DJ and PK. Hashtag BYU. Slot and a wing to the left. Hopkins brings a man in motion. Pop pass to Prince. Run into the far side. Keeps his feet at the five. He'll take it in for the UAB touchdown. Pistol again in the backfield as Dylan has the snap. Gives to McBride. Run and right. Daylight 40, 45. Midfield. Far side at the 40. Still on his feet. 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown UAB. Hopkins the snap. Straight drop. Throws. End zone. Wide open. Touchdown UAB. Trey Shropshire was all alone. And on fourth and seven, the Blazers reclaim the lead. Play fake. Romney steps up, throws over the middle. Caught far side now at the 30-yard line. Ball loose. Picked up by the Blazers. Covered at the 28-yard line. The UAB Blazers beat BYU 31-28. School record rushing record for Tyler Algier, 1,601 yards on the season. Breaks Luke Staley's record. He does it with a massive 192-yard performance in the bowl game, including a 62-yard touchdown. The PK over on the other side, BYU could not stop UAB's running back, Dwayne McBride. 28 carries, 183 yards, and he had a 64-yard touchdown run, and UAB gets the win 31-28. Well, as I said on Twitter, another McBride beats the Cougars. I mean, first it was Ronnie, now it's Dwayne. I mean, it's just one McBride after another. Come on, Bake McBride. Renee McBride, you know who Renee McBride is? That is uh, Phil Mickelson's mother-in-law. I've told you that. Yes. Has been in my house (laughs) before she moved. Uh, Yeah, you know, I I look at it. First, Yak, I think we got to do going forward in 20... What are we, going to be in 2022? Correct. On these games, I think we should have the losing announcer. I think that would be more fun than the winning, winning announcer. So. Okay, so we're working on that. <laughs> we don't have broadcast. We don't have rights to use those broadcast rights. Well, but we they are should. Being negotiated I mean, we're, we like, we're, we're like brothers now. I, mean, I know, I know. We're at least cousins. <laughs> I know. It's, it's in the details, gentlemen. <laughs> the thing about I've been consistent in not getting too crazy about these bowl games because it's three weeks after the season. I know in this case the Cougars didn't have it, but a lot of times coaches are changed and whatnot. Players are held out. Players opt out. And I realize Jaron Hall didn't play. Uh, but still, all that in mind, and I've been consistent with that, not determining your season on some bowl that really no one's going to remember. I get all that, but I'm going to be sort of a double talk here because for the Cougars' sake, that loss bothered me. Yeah, if, that wasn't, if you didn't find that disappointing, I would wonder what is wrong with you. But I don't normally get worked up on bowl games. You're better about that than most people, and I think you got to take it game by game because... There are coaching changes. How many guys do opt out? I think the opt outs have really. I mean, I know the playoff and the BCS have had an impact, but the opt outs. When it's one thing to say the team didn't want to play, but when guys literally don't want to play, that's got to have more weight. But this wasn't a game that had a lot of that. Yeah, I understand that. 
and so maybe that's the exception. But, you know, the weather was miserable. They yeah. don't have their starting quarterback. The Utes have been saying, oh, if we had Cam Rising, we would have beat you, and, you know, maybe it would have. But then the, the Cougars didn't have Jaron Hall, so can I go one versus the other there? Same no, it only goes principle. one way, PK. Only one way. <laughs> So, I think the bigger yeah. picture here is because 10 wins is still a good season, and I get the top 10 dream, so that dies there if that was important to you. An 11th win would have been great and all that. But there were a lot of guys missing on defense. That's probably a big part. You'd like to think if you had your, you know, had your guys there, you'd stop the run. But you're always going to have injuries. You're probably going to have more when you go to the Big 12. The depth has got to improve over the next year and a half. And I think we're viewing everything now going forward as, hey, how's this going to play when they get to the Big 12? And it's all a little bit of a guessing game. You don't know anything for sure. But if you take one thing away from that game, they need more depth when they go to the Big 12 because defensively they got beat up in a way they didn't get beat up earlier this year. True. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah State. We got a Logan Bonner injury? No, this has got to be game planned for the bowl game. Got to be. So Cooper Lagaw gets the snap, fakes the handoff, wanting to throw. He's throwing deep to DT, and DT has it to the 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Utah State. Cooper Lagaw, welcome to the game. Welcome to the end zone. Hand off to Tyler. Tyler gets past the 10. Tyler to the 5. Tyler into the end zone. Calvin Tyler, the State Beaver has given the Aggies the lead against his former team. Utah State score. Laga in shotgun. Noah to his right. Motion man. Laga waiting, waiting, throwing. Caught. Brandon Bowling. Touchdown. Utah State. Cooper Laga is second touchdown of the day. And the Aggies cruising here in California. Yeah, winning announcers suck. You're right, PK. Yeah, it's more fun to go with the losers, I think. Ligas throws it deep. Touchdown. <laughs> I thought it was Lagas. Because the visit, I, I think the, the Oregon State guy would have been caught off guard, right? Who's this yeah. third string quarterback? Ligas. Ligas. <laughs> right. Heck of a performance by Utah State. They give up a drive early in the game. Three plays, 71 yards, touchdown Beavers. Uh-oh. And literally nothing went right for Oregon State the rest of the day. It was all Utah State after that. Third string quarterback. No excuses for the Aggies, PK. They get the win. Yeah, you would have told me going into the game that they would win. I wasn't that surprised because historically I think you look at the top of the Mountain West, you know, maybe one or two teams, in this case, it would obviously be Utah State. They're usually as good as the middle to the bottom of the Pac-12, particularly in any game, right? We've seen it a million times over. So that doesn't surprise me. This is a team that lost to Colorado. I've been saying it for weeks. So certainly Utah State could win. But when you factor in the third-team quarterback who literally hasn't thrown a ball, throws a touchdown pass on his first throw and all that stuff, that, I don't know if I would have said going into the game, oh, yeah, sure, I still feel confident. That changes everything. I, I think the middle of a the middle of a good G five league like the Mountain West to the or the top of the Mountain West to the middle of the Pac twelve. You're right. We have seen that a million times, over and over and over. The third string quarterback. You got to wonder, but man, apparently he checked into that play. That wasn't. Yep. Oh, nope. I know what we got called. Look at the defense. We got to change it. Although, when in doubt, changing to DT go along isn't uh, isn't a real leap of faith. 
No, and if the ball does get picked, you know, you've gained a little bit of a field advantage at least. As it's it was like throwing. a punt, PK. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's something along those lines, mm-hmm. but throwing it to, to to your potential NFL receiver or your NFL statistics, I mean, he's a smaller guy, so maybe he doesn't make it, but statistically he should be in there, and so they made the play. And the defense came up big, and overall I'm not surprised with the caveat being the reserve quarterback. So now we're following two little wide receivers, right? Or slot guys or return guys, Britton Covey and DT. Yeah. You're under 5'10", but can you find a way to play? There are a handful of guys under 5'10 in the NFL. Well, S- Steve Smith and wasn't very big for right. you. Well, he didn't do a whole lot for Utah, but in the NFL, he was sensational. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Former Auburn quarterback Bo Nix will transfer to Oregon and play for the Ducks under new head coach Dan Lanning. Nix was a three-year starter for the Tigers. Thanks to the COVID year, he will have two years of eligibility remaining. I did see people tweeting out, though, that uh, he's going to have a lower quarterback rating than the guy he's replacing. You fear Bo Nix well, in I Oregon? Don't know. Uh, well, you just anointed him the starter. I did anoint him the starter. <laughs> they got this kid Thompson from Phoenix. And Phoenix kids, I tend to hear about, and I can talk to people, they could tell me about him. So he didn't, he didn't get out on the field for some bizarre reason this year. I mean, he should have been playing in both those Utah losses. So I'm not so sure that Bo Nix is going to be the starter. I don't know that he isn't going to be the starter, but I can't guarantee you that he will be the starter. He's coming from a named school, and it seems like he was the quarterback there for about nine years. Uh, So we know of them, his name anyway. But I don't know that. I I, I haven't studied him enough and focused on him enough to know what to think as is he going to be the starter. I I just don't think this is the way for Oregon to go. I've been saying it for years when they did that call-ups from the big sky there. They had that going on for a while. I think that you need to develop somebody, let him play, and get better, and then you're ready to go. But they're they're not intent on doing this. Well, we got to keep our eye on Oregon. Obviously, the Utes in the Pac-12, plus the bonus game, BYU, game number three next year. The Cougars are at Oregon, so... Plenty of reasons for everybody listening to watch the the Ducks next year. Former Oregon wide receiver Micah Pittman announced he'll be transferring to Florida State. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Be a left of the circle. Left elbow. Oh, slam! Slam! Right in! That, that will draw your preserves. That was with anger and malice. Neto, chance of defense in Utah. Right wing now. Beal probes. Jump step. Gets in the paint. 14-footer. Good! Beal, left wing. Jab step in the left corner for three. It's there! Oh, it's there! Bradley Beal! Colwell Pope now. Right wing outside the arc for three. It's there! Oh, it's there! Are you kidding me? Off balance with the shot clock buzzer going. Going down. He has given the Wizards a five-point lead, 108-103. We don't have rights to the losing team there either. I went with the winning team today, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> Yach loves his winners. He's front-running with all the audio. Absolutely. I like it. All right, you can't win them all, PK, but could you win one of the two? Jazz eight-game win streak ends when the Spurs beat them Friday night, and then the Wizards turn around and beat them on Saturday, and that wasn't good at all. Total downer.
You got silver linings in any of this? Yeah, they're 8-2 and two in their last 10. <laughs> well done. If they go 9-1 in their next 10, you still get that 17-3 and three run you're looking for. Yeah, but I mean, it still, even if they don't, there's, there's time to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's in the inconsistency. It's, it's, just, it's a head-scratcher. I was doing the, uh, the radio with uh, Jake on uh, Saturday, uh, you know, thinking, all right, yeah, great. They lost Friday. Man, I get to come in on a white horse, and they win, and we'll have all sorts of fun talk. Everybody likes that. But no, they didn't. And you, you look at it, and one of the things I said is they've had some incredible plays to get beat. Now, you can't isolate it down to one single play, that's for sure. But nevertheless, the Spurs, uh, Jaron Jackson, the uh, the next night, I, thought, well, I don't know if it's the next night, but it was the Pelicans and Joey Graham, and then Pope hitting that three. I'm telling you, when the shot clock is going down, guys are just so dangerous. It just, just, they just make me nervous in those situations. And then the night before, the ball with Donovan just sitting there on the rim. <laughs> it doesn't go. Although I, I, bet I said this uh, on uh, Saturday night, on the Friday night, I, I think they've got to come up with something better than this Donovan dribbling, and I'm going to take the shot, and I'm going to go to the basket, and I'm going to do it. And I, I, I just don't know if that's the right approach. I don't mind the ball. In fact, I love the ball being in his hands. But maybe type of uh, facilitator if it's there because that shot going to the basket and trying to slow scoop layup from outside the lane practically the degree of difficulty is there and so maybe they want to think about uh, something a little bit different now the last possession when they had like two seconds to go uh, that's another story you know but there was one, one one game there where he dribbled towards the jazz bench and you thought he was going to do Kawhi Leonard against the Sixers and just go out of bounds and pull <laughs> one up. And it, I, I want to see a little bit more, as long as time permits, at the end of the game. Yeah, when you have two seconds, they didn't have much going on there. Right, uh, right. I think the thing that just got to bug everybody about the Spurs, though, is you're right, it's not just the last play. There's the 90 possessions, 100 possessions, whatever, in a game. It, the Spurs, you give up 36 points in the first quarter, and then 41 in the third when typically that's when you tighten up the act at halftime and you come out and you 41, that's an enormous quarter to give up. That's not nearly oh, sure. good enough. I mean, that is getting outscored 41-23 in the third quarter is why they lost to the Spurs, not what happened in the last two minutes. Although down the stretch, man, in the fourth quarter, it just seemed like the Spurs were getting everything they wanted. True story. 69 points second half. That is a lot of points and a half. Jazz, back at it tonight against the Hornets. We got tickets to give away at 7.30, 8.30, and 9.30. We're giving tickets away. On the, well, we're not going to make it at 7.30. We're going to be late, Yach. 7.35? We got tickets coming up right after the commercial break. See the Jazz and the Hornets tonight. Hornets will be going back-to-back, DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Booker out of backcourt to fall in front. Paul shoots a three. Shazam! Well, he's okay. Beasley up top, Towns left side, working against Powell, across the lane, runs it up off glass, got it for two. Here comes the track, down the track, throw it down the bar. Green in front to DeMar DeRozan with nine on the clock, under a minute to go. DeMar top side three, got it! Big time shot, they're going to call it a long two. 
Phoenix Suns get Devin Booker back. He missed seven games with a hamstring injury. They didn't really need him. They had nine guys in double figures as they annihilated the Charlotte Hornets. 137-106. Hornets get blown out in Phoenix last night. They're here in Utah tonight. That was a stunner, man. They just got smoked right from From the start. start. Makes me a little nervous because the law of numbers, uh, you wouldn't think that the Hornets would be that bad for two games in a row, but it doesn't really matter. The Jazz Jazz got to find a way to win. I mean, this is a crazy game here. They call it a must win, but they can't afford three losses in a row at home to, to not to decent at best teams. The Hornets are on a long Western trip. This is their fifth game. They are one and three on this trip. They beat the Spurs, but they lost to the Mavericks, the Blazers, and the Suns. And bigger picture than that, they're just playing poorly. They were three and eight in their last eleven games. Bulls had to miss a couple games, but they got enough guys back to uh, play, so they played the Lakers, and they ended up getting the win, 115-110. DeMar DeRozan goes for 38. The Lakers were the team that was shorthanded, and you know, it's the old story, PK, guys, when they play their former team, they uh, they go nuts, and there's a couple of former Lakers over there. Lonzo Ball went for 19 points for Chicago, and the, uh, the Bulls get the win. Yeah, DeRozan was really hot. And Anthony Davis is out for, what, they said four weeks? Yep, four weeks for now, yeah. Blazers beat the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies had won 10 of their last 11. It's now 10 of 12. Grizzlies two games behind the Jazz in the standings right now. Damian Lillard went for 32 points in the 105-100 win. Memphis right on the Jazz heels in the race for third in the West. Three games postponed yesterday due to a number of players entering health and safety protocols. The NBA has implemented new rules that will allow teams to sign replacement players to bolster their lineups while they have players out. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. In-state game goes to BYU. They beat Weaver State 89-71, hit 16 three-pointers in the game in Ogden. They improved to 9-2 on the year. Weaver State drops to 9-3. BYU now off to Hawaii to play in the Rainbow Classic. Wednesday, Thursday. Diamond Head Classic. Diamond Head Classic. They got a, they got a tournament every week over there. Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Utes had a good thing going against Missouri, but last seven minutes of the game belonged to the Tigers. They finish on a 23-10 run, and they rally to beat Utah 83-75. A little hint to the guy who writes up the thing, the Utes. He starts it out, the shorthanded Utes, and then I read the copy. Never tells me who's not there. Come on. Details. They're important. Iowa blows out Utah State 94-75. Michigan blows out Southern Utah 87-50. And that is what is trending. Those are your headlines from a big weekend in sports. I brought you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, we will give away the tickets to the Jazz and the Hornets tonight. A couple of tickets every hour. On the half hour, all day long, here on The Zone. We will do that next. DJ and PK, stay with us. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. 
Danny Ainge has been named as the CEO of the Utah Jazz. Scotty, you called this going back into June, essentially. Obviously, Ryan Smith is an absolute brilliant mind. But I also think that in his mind, he's like, okay, I'm a brilliant mind of business. I want to be a brilliant mind in NBA management. In order to do that, let me get the most brilliant mind around next to me. This is going to sound like a criticism. Trust me when I say it is not because I respect the heck out of it. Danny Ainge is a cold-blooded killer when it comes to making moves necessary to try to win a championship. You look at the moves he made in Boston, when something has to be done, and it may not be popular for your fan base, but in your mind, it makes you better, he's going to pull the trigger on it. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Hot Takes with Toast brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair is 2021. You don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text hair to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment. Or visit www.utahhairmd.com. <laughs> you going to sing a little Sinatra? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a couple of tickets to see the Utah Jazz tonight. You want to go to the game tonight? See the Jazz and the Hornets? Boo, Gordon Hayward. Personally, I think you ought to be able to hear a pin drop when that guy is introduced. Total quiet. We're over you. You don't matter to us, but it's probably not. It's going to work Ooh. out. Yeah. Who? Huh? Who's that guy? <laughs> Probably be booze cascading down on him. Whatever. If you want the tickets, be caller 12 right now. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. And the way it usually works, half the crowd won't even be in their seats, so they'll neither boo <laughs> nor be quiet. It's a later raving, later raving it, crowd. It always is. You never know how many people are going to be at a game until 730. All right, PK. Question of the day, two-parter. We begin with, how much did that suck for the Cougars losing to UAB? Mm. A lot. It had a very negative impact on talk and sports ratings. We need the local teams to win. Come on, pull it together. Jazz and the Cougars losing on a Saturday, that's no good. That's no good at all. Yeah, I know a guy who could help your ratings, but... Uh, well, that'd be on Sunday. Darren says... If Tuesday, Hall- Monday, you name it. <laughs> hey, you're a winner seven nights a week. Darren says if Hall could have played, I think they win. You buying it? Okay. Would that have made the yes. difference? Yeah, but I think it's a bigger issue there with this young fellow. I think he's a dynamic quarterback who had a great season, but you can't count on him for any length of time. It's unfortunate, but there's the injury issue with him now constantly. It just It's the reality. I mean, he got injured against SC. Or this was if this would have been a regular season and and they normally well, going forward I guess it doesn't matter anytime you play now when they get in the Big Twelve but you you can be injured against anybody but the point I'm making is that was you know a couple of weeks back so if this would have been in the regular season he would have missed all these games yeah he'd have missed three games so, off this injury maybe four who knows if he'd be ready next and week. he'd already yeah. missed some games before Two. so yeah. if you're if you're gonna go with him you most definitely have to have an experienced backup, not some young kid who you think can develop down the line. You need Baylor Romney. Like the, like the Utes, the Utes, that's what they've, they've been doing. You know, they don't have an experienced guy behind rising, and knock on wood, he's been able to be healthy. But with Hall, he's a dynamic player, love his skill set. But the injury issue is there. 
And so if you want to say, sure, that they would have won, I think they would have with him because I believe in his talent, and I know that the folks who coach him believe in his talent, and more importantly, that's what they believe as opposed to what I believe, and they tell me how good he is. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm dismayed that he can't find his way out on the field enough. Missed three games this year. They went 2-1. and one. Romney gave him some good play, but I get your point. There's a few games, and then he's out. There's a few games, and then he's out. And, you know, how will NFL people, I mean, he's, he's got the dream because everybody's got the dream. How will NFL people grade him on that? And more importantly, how will it work next year for BYU? Assuming he's back, I mean, I guess he could go. He's talked about thinking about it after the season. I, I would think he would come back, but you never know for sure. So would I. Yeah, and in this case, too, with the SC game, if it would have been regular season, he would have missed more, Yeah, you know, because they had a couple of Saturdays off. Mm-hmm. But I, I try to go big picture on these bowls. But, man, some, for some reason, 11-2 and two sounds way better. Two 11-win seasons uh, sounds way better. And it, it was UAB. It was a come-down bowl. And I guess you know, that factors into it. I try to have fun with it. And I put it on Twitter just trying to have fun with it. And then I go and look at my mentions after the game. And, you know, I said, oh, BYU didn't want to be there. And a guy comes at me like, you know what BYU wanted or didn't want. Effort wasn't the issue. Give me a break. Another one, good excuse. Another one, oh, yeah, right, fanboy. <laughs> Don't step into the rivalry like that. Fanboy. Fanboy's a good the, one. Were these all responses to the McBride shot you got off? Oh, this one that I said was uh, that BYU didn't want to be there. It was two separate, those, two separate posts. Those yeah. ones off the uh, BYU didn't want to be there, which was a joke. And one guy thinks he's funny, Darren. That's what your wife says. That's not even an appropriate response to that. That joke doesn't apply to this one. But I love the one. Always oh, excuses, no, fanboy. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Don't they get that I'm just screwing around? No. Tone is lost on social media. Tone is the first thing lost on social Nuance, media. Nuance, tone. Nuance is second, decorum third. Yeah, but when you got a 20-year history, that doesn't count? Nope. Oh, no. 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 PK. Dude. I mean, I'm just messing around on yep. Twitter during these, these games. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, they make me laugh. Uh, uh, when I res- when I say something, just messing around, and they take it seriously, like BYU didn't want to be there. <laughs> Another guy, you're an idiot. Oh man, so salty. What a loser. Jeez. Tony says I'm not sure they realized the game started the first quarter, and knowing a team deep in the fourth quarter is going to run the ball down your throat, and you give little to no resistance. That was as disappointing as any game in the last two years. By far. I disagree with that. Wasn't the Coastal Carolina game really disappointing and undefeated? Boise State, wasn't that really disappointing? I'm I'm more with Mike. It sucked the normal amount. (laughs) It was a loss. It sucked. Yeah, but okay, you're losing to Boise State and you're losing to Coastal Carolina, which was good. Mm -hmm. And Grayson McCall and those guys. And and the thing was set up. I think they set that game up Saturday morning and they had to get on a plane and play that day. That legend grows. Uh, so that was understandable. Here, uh, the circumstances were much different. So I think under the circumstances, yeah, you, this was bitterly disappointing. Uh, I mean, who knows if they would have put you in whatever last year. 
because uh, the big thing was their schedule, and mm-hmm. so you can go back and forth on that. Uh, Eleven and one. No, they've gone undefeated once. And you're expected. And you're so close to twice. It's disappointing. Uh, it is disappointing, but I don't know that it's as disappointing as this one here. Uh, I think this one was this one was pretty disappointing, and they they didn't get it done when when we thought they were going to get it done. Although let's just call it like it is. The refs stole it from them. That wasn't a fumble by Nakua. He never had possession. Come on, refs didn't want BYU to win. That was obvious. Three, two, one. I'm going to check Twitter. <laughs> incoming deluge of tweets fanboy wesley says par for the course my dudes i like the my dudes in my what dudes. way what way how do you say that he does not explain i well i i would need some elaboration how is that par for the course i don't get it because they traveled they're not good in the central and eastern time zones i don't know I got nothing. Yeah, for we. Yeah, I, I don't. I, know they either. haven't really had the ball run down their throat like that. Uh, I mean, there were shades of the shades of the SC game, but you know they got one more score in the SEC game and got the win. Yeah, yeah. Do you think there's something to it that they lost to the Bears, the Broncos, and the Blazers? Yeah, Brian says Killer Bees is the problem. Boise Baylor oh, okay, and Bama yeah, yeah. Birmingham. <laughs> Oh, I would go with the nickname Bama Birmingham. That's that's a little bit of a stretch. There. Yeah. <laughs> hey Brian, Brian went the extra mile for us. Brian, thanks for stretching and posting that. You're the man. And I think you have to give a little bit of credit to UAB too. You know that these teams here, some of these teams, isn't this just what we were saying about Utah State? Except we're not saying it about a local team. If you're in a decent league and you're in the top three or four teams. You can you play good football. You can beat good teams. You you can be yeah. I I, I don't know enough about uh, the conference USA. That's what they're in, right? Although they're 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 taking off, right? They're, well, a big chunk, and I don't know that that'll be a decent conference going forward. It has been a decent yeah, yeah. conference, but it's getting gutted. There's multiple teams leaving that league, and to stay alive, yeah. uh, they're picking up everybody. They're bringing up Stephen Liberty. Come on down, like, New Mexico State. Say hello. Exactly. New Mexico State's coming up. Jacksonville State is moving up. Are they taking it, UConn or UMass? They're taking one of them, but not the other. Uh, I can't even I think, remember. Yeah, they were talking about doing. I don't know if they actually ever pulled okay. the trigger. I think they're that. taking Bishop Gorman. <laughs> nice. Bishop Gorman, come on up to the big leagues. <laughs> Corner Canyon can be a travel partner. <laughs> Still, it was disappointing. And, you know, to me, you brought it up earlier, it underscores the work that they have to do uh, to get into the Big 12. Because nobody at Kyle Winningham, nobody cares about your injuries, and he's dead on. Nobody does. In fact, some of them might even want you to secretly have them. They can't ever say that. But you know, Kyle does. He says it all the time. Uh, I don't think he says that teams want you to have injuries. Well, he doesn't say injuries, but he says problems, and he's usually talking about problems when he's asked about injuries. He says, right, nobody but cares I don't think about he says problems. they want you to have them. No, he says they, they're glad you have them. That, he says 90% uh, of the people don't care they have your problem and the rest, or don't care about your problems, and the rest are glad you have them. And usually he's talking about injuries. But, but, but uh, yeah. Uh, people always feel bad about that's, the that's kid. That's bad karma. I agree. I totally agree. People feel bad, but no one ever, 
everyone's happy to catch the break. And no one ever is like, I'm glad that kid has it. But plenty of people are like, I'm glad we're not facing that tackle, pass rusher, wide yeah, receiver, yeah, quarterback. Yeah, the fans may yeah. say that, but... We're catching the, a break there. I don't think that the teams... You start thinking that. I just uh, I think that's dangerous. Yeah, I think the people uh, inside know how much work kids put into it, and then they don't get to play uh, yeah. the game in whatever sport when they're hurt. That sucks. Right. But nevertheless, no one cares who's available, who's not available. The game is going to go on. And for the Cougars, they know they have some work to do. And I, and I sense that, especially next year. And they got a really tough schedule again next year because I was looking at it yeah. last night, just killing time watching a football game. You know, their schedule, I can argue, and you never know how it's going to turn out on uh, right now. But it looks like it's at least as tough as this year. It doesn't have the, the identifiable five Pac-12 teams, which is sort of fun and all that stuff. But the point being, you know, if they go through another good season, I think people are going to get really jacked. And they should be jacked about going into the Big 12, but I still don't think it's just going to be a piece of cake walking a park transition. And we're seeing it here with these injuries because it's particularly defensively. I mean, they got bombarded. I'll give you that. They had some injury issues there, but the games are still going to be played. And so you've got to find ways to increase your depth to be able to have guys that there's not that much difference. And even dipping down into the third team sometimes, whatever it might be, depending on the position, you never know. Maybe they'll have some good health and they won't have to worry about it, but probably not over the course of given however many years you want to go into that. So they know they've got some work to do. And that was the situation I think that was on display because I was surprised to the level of success that UAB was able to run the ball, particularly at the end there when it was mm-hmm. obvious once they ruled that thing a fumble. And I didn't think it was a fumble, but nevertheless, they called it. And I saw Jay Drew wrote about some former uh, NFL, was an NFL referee, put a thing on Twitter. There's Terry no McCauley. way that, yeah. that the, yeah, there was no way that that was a fumble. And I didn't think it was. Uh, but he, these days, who knows what a fumble is? Mm-hmm. Who knows what a catch is? You know, we've seemed to just, uh, the lines of that have been blurred. And so I was nervous for the Cougars that if you don't want that to happen, then uh, secure the ball and then you're fine. But once that happened, I thought, I told my wife, we're watching the game. I said, this game's over because BYU's not going to be able to stop them and they're going to get the necessary first downs to run out the clock. That's exactly what they did. And, And it was very disappointing. All right, DJ and PK, we got a little news this morning. Jake Hatch tweeting it out. We'll tell you all about it. Yuck, what are you looking at me like that for? You already regret the tweet? No. Oh, okay. We'll get to that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. This is Unripe. You guys are doing a hell of a job. And I think about where Utah football is today. And the fact that Utah now is playing Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. And I don't know if I've told you that yet, but that's what's, that's what's going on. And I remember back at that time, 35, 36 years ago, where there wasn't even a snowball's chance that Utah would ever go to a Rose Bowl or ever play and compete against the Ohio State Buckeyes. That is unbelievable! Catch Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Kieran weekdays from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSL Sports. He called me over. I can totally see him doing that. That's hilarious. Yeah, he'd call me over and we'd chat. And because he knew I was a Pac 12 guy, and because he coached down in Arizona. So then he came back, obviously. 
And so we'd talk. He'd talk about the Utes. He wanted to know what's going on. It's funny because he wasn't necessarily engaging a lot of times with some people, but for other folks, for whatever reason, me, he was always engaging. Yeah, and I always enjoyed talking with him. Uh, talked to him uh, when he was coaching at Arizona, and they came up to play at Rice Eccles. Saw him uh, walking up the ramp. They don't even have that ramp there anymore now with the south end zone looking as spiffy as it does. And so, uh, yeah, I've known him for a good long while, and I think he's a heck of a football coach. So, yeah, you're right. Adds adds Syracuse to the list of teams I've got to root for now. (laughs) Well, you're already following. At least you're already following Washington State. It's not an extra game to track with Atuaya. He's in the Pac-12 now. Yeah, I don't don't know Atuaya at all. I I don't recall ever really having an individual conversation with him. That's a, so that's another story there. It's not the relationship isn't near. In fact, it's non-existent, especially compared to an I. Jason Beck, we've interviewed a few times, but yeah, I think this is good news. Obviously, for these guys, they want to stay employed. It's going to be an interesting situation for them because you know they went from Provo, which is uh, sort of a secluded area, and then they go together in Mass, all the way over to Virginia, and they've got their their set of people you know we had brady or kelly papinga on last week right and he was talking about how everybody the kids end up being best friends mm-hmm. and these assistant coaches his kids looked at those guys as practically parents you look out for you so the transition if you could have a transition with other people especially as dramatic as that was it's going to be made a lot more smooth and probably a lot more fun well now you're not going to have that jason beck's going to go as the quarterback coach to Syracuse yep. is that yep. so at least uh, you know uh, Robert obviously had an influence there in getting Jason Beck over so at least they'll have him Atawaya has got to know somebody so he goes from Provo to Virginia to Pullman that's those are massive moves man <laughs> they're not they're not uh, Guy Holiday when he didn't get the BYU gig um, when he got on the freeway instead of going south he went north right and he stayed in the same house and uh, coached at Utah for a number of years so that wasn't that big of a deal and we see guys uh, locally here Gary Anderson and some of the folks going north you know not that big of a deal even like uh, compared to uh, Utah uh, when Kalani went from Utah to Oregon State wasn't that massive of a move now these guys are making such dramatic moves but it's good that they were in the business because that's what they want and now I've got to see I got to Kelly's got to get a job man I mean, Kelly's my guy. He's got to get a job. I, I don't know where it is, but he's got to get a job. He deserves it. Uh, Suoto, we, we, remember that year they went, uh, I, was it their last year before going uh, independent? And they used to have like the Monday or Tuesday thing, and then they'd give you a player. Mm-hmm. And every week it was Suoto because he was at the end of his academic career. And so maybe he was only taking a class or two or whatever. Yep. Seemed like he came on with us. I think we were at 1320 in the, uh, over there uh, by the Spaghetti Bowl at that time, and he would come on. So we got to know him. So certainly I'm going to root for him. He came on when he was coaching at SC for us. We asked him to come on, and he did. And I got to have him get a gig too. Yeah, these guys deserve an opportunity. And I, I think that they will somewhere, some point, they're going to be able to continue. And as I said, I think that's great for BYU. Because you never know what's going to happen. And I've had people in, in Provo tell me, hey, of all things being equal, all things, and it's not always the case, but of all things being equal, we're likely to go with the LDS guy, right? Because he, he knows the 
the rules, so to speak. He knows how to negotiate working at BYU. So the more qualified guys you can have, the better potential pool of candidates because you don't want to be reduced to taking somebody, well, he's the only guy available. I mean, that doesn't sound very good. So you want qualified candidates, and a lot of LDS guys now getting out there, getting these qualified candidates, plus they're getting an extensive experience in different uh, different schools, different conferences, recruiting bases, building relationships there. Maybe none of them ever go to Provo. I don't know if they do. But if it should happen that way, you know, I think it's a benefit for the Cougars, too. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Question of the day, part two, the Jazz. What is wrong? We will get to that coming up next. Stay with us.